You're listening to episode 23 of the Broken Glass Podcast, how mindset and organization can help you succeed with Suzanne Paulinski. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Are you looking for a virtual assistant who understands release schedules, copyrights, licensing, and other aspects of the music industry? Or how about someone who can write, proofread, and content edit your music industry-themed blog posts, articles, and business documents? You are in the right place. Broken Glass Media has officially launched service offerings specific to the music industry. Visit the services page at brokenglassmediallc.com slash work-with-me to learn about services in business writing, virtual assistance, and social media. Do you love this podcast? Do you want to hear more actionable advice, interviews with kick-ass women, stay up-to-date on the music industry, and get some swag? Head on over to our Patreon page to become a patron today. With several tiers available, there are options for every budget. Visit www.patreon.com slash thebrokenglasspodcast to become a patron and help us help you. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Uh, Today's episode, I have Suze from Rockstar Advocate. And I'm really excited about this episode because Suze focuses on exactly what we talk about in some of our other episodes, uh, mindset, planning, time management. So welcome, Suze. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing now, and then we'll, we'll go backwards, kind of how you got started and got to where you are. Um, cause you have, you have an interesting story and you've been involved in the music industry since you were in, in college, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so sure. So I'm a mindset coach. Um, sometimes people want to call me a productivity coach or, you know, what, whatever title you might want to give it, you know, it's funny five years ago when I started this business, I didn't know what to call myself because there wasn't anybody doing this in the music industry. And, um, I have my master's in psychology and I was just like, well, my music, I'm not really a music therapist, but you know, what do I call myself? And now I'm so happy to see more mindset coaches and productivity coaches coming out in the music industry. It's so nice to see that it's, you know, becoming a more regular thing to talk about. And I, I definitely have to give it to Ariana Huffington and her thrive uh, community and everything that she's helped push with that, with her book, The Sleep Revolution, it's definitely helps people talk about self-care and working smarter, not harder in a much more mainstream way. So it uh, makes my job a little bit easier <laughs> because I'm, you know, when I first started, people were like, so wait, what are you? What do you do? Um, and now a lot more people are familiar with the terminology. And with the Rockstar Advocate, I help mainly music professionals. Sometimes I help writers, comedians, anyone in the creative industries. Um, mainly focus on managing their time, find that work-life balance. The the overall mission here is to decrease overwhelm and burnout because that was basically the story of my career. And I definitely learned some things the hard way, but I'm I'm so happy I learned them. So I my goal is to impart those lessons um, on anyone that that needs that help. Yeah, I think that's so important because you know for me personally, I work nine to five, mm-hmm. and then I hustle with you know, creating content and the podcast and I have my virtual assistant services and I'm always working on clients and marketing and, and that, and, you know, I do see myself some days I'm like, okay, I need to stop, you know, I need to stop or need to get organized and find, find space to keep going. And I know our industry is, is just full of that. You know, we're always, you know, going to a gig or going to rehearsal and, you know, a lot of musicians that I know here in LA, they work, you know, nine to five, and then they go play and they do shows and stuff. So it's, you know, we're always just on the go and always doing something. So it's, you know, what you do, I think is really important to just, you know, find that time and and get your mind in the right place. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. You're absolutely right. That is that is definitely so many creatives and entrepreneurs in general face that that situation where, you know, it is a day job for a while and there there are multiple things that you're juggling. And even when you leave the day job, it's, you know, there there's there's always going to be something there to fill your plate and stress you out. And, you know, all of these things when it comes to the working smarter, it's all counterintuitive stuff. You know, we, we do what instinctually feels good in the moment, which is to push ourselves harder or to tackle more things or to, you know, have that perfection mentality. And it's, it's so the opposite. And it's really difficult at first to implement some of these skill sets because they feel so wrong in the moment, but they're much better for you um, in the long term. And, uh, you know, it definitely took me a few years to, it takes a lot of trust um, in all these counterintuitive skill sets to really, uh, really be able to, to say, okay, I'm going to implement them and I'm going to, um, you know, focus my time on mastering them. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we think it has to get done, it has to get done, it has to get done. And then we stay up late and we're not mm-hmm. sleeping and we're not eating right. And, you know, f- I think it's important that we just stop and take care of ourselves and then the rest will follow. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take it back a step and, and talk about how you, you got involved in the music industry. Um, I know you, I listened to your podcast. Uh, Musicpreneur? Yeah, Musicpreneur Mindset. Yeah, Mindset. Yeah, and I so I, I remember from the very beginning you said you went to Drexel and you were in their music program. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of get a little background on how you really got involved in music and the industry. Sure. So, I mean, since I can remember, I always wanted to be involved with music, but yet I was always so shy as a kid. You know, I never really wanted the spotlight Um, I was obsessed with the Mickey Mouse Club and dreamed of being on it one day, but I could never, you know, some watch me, they'd be like, oh, my family would be like, okay, sing us a song. I'm like, stop looking at me. Um, But I was, I guess my dream as a kid was to be Janet Jackson's backup singer. That's literally all I've ever wanted to do and probably still is my dream. Um, But when I was um, 12, I saw this behind the music of uh, Def Jam. And that's my first introduction to, oh, there are people that run these labels. And this is like, wow, they get to work with artists. And this is like their job. And and they don't have to be on stage. And that's like when I really got an understanding of there was like a business behind all of this. And and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know what that means, but like, that's what I'm going to do. And when I was a junior in high school, it was almost like a Harry Potter moment where this postcard, literally a postcard just like appeared on our dining room table and it was from Drexel. Nobody in New York, like my guidance counselor hadn't even heard of Drexel. We had no idea what it was, um, what it was about. And they were starting a new music industry program. And it said like, there were like three bullets on it. It was like, do you want to work in the music industry? Do you want to learn from the industry's top notch professionals? Do you want to leave college with a job? You know, like something like that. I was like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. speaking directly to me. How did they know this? (laughs) And so I went, and applied and I got in and they only took 40 students. It was only, it was our first, their first graduating class. And, um, it was awesome. I re- we, we got to help, um, pick out the professors. Uh, if we didn't like them, they were gone. Uh, we got to go on a road trip, um, to all these different, you know, legendary music cities like, uh, Detroit and Nashville and Atlanta, uh, New Orleans, um, and then we we got to start our own record label. Which, so me and a couple of uh, fellow students, we started Mad Dragon Records, and it still runs today, almost 20 years later, and it's, it's so cool to see that. And um, while I was there, we needed uh, two years of interning to graduate, which I think is so key. I think a lot more universities are doing that these days, but Back when I went to school, it was never really mandatory. And I was so happy that Drexel made that mandatory because it really um, helped us focus on, you know, is this something we want to do? And I was lucky enough to have a friend of the family worked at Atlantic Records. And she said, yeah, I'll, I'll hire you as our intern. And I was in the sales department and they only needed me four hours a day. So when my four hours was up, I went to the next department. And I said, Hey, do you need any help? And then when they were done with me, I went to the next department and I said, how about you? Do you? And I would be there till they kicked me out. I mean, I just kept bouncing around from department to department offering, 
my help. And 12 years later, to fast forward a little bit, um, I reconnected with Lou Playa, who is the founder of Reverb Nation, but he used to run um, a good chunk of lava, which was underneath Atlantic Records. And I used to go by his department all the time. And 12 years after that, when I reconnected with him, he was like, I remember you. You were the one organizing everyone's merch club. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I really like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like alphabetize the, the posters and the t-shirts and fold everything. And I just love to organize. And um, I guess I made an impression. <laughs> so um, what I one of my bosses at Atlantic was moving to Astroworks and under EMI. And he said, listen, you know, it's a shame you're not graduating till next year because, you know, I, we've got a job opening and I could totally train you for that position. And I was like, challenge accepted. Like, let me talk to my college advisors. So I doubled up on my classes. I got out a year early and I went to go work at Astroworks and it was rough. I mean, I love the people I got to work with, but I was the youngest by almost 10 years. Uh, they call me sorority girl. Um, I, I was the only one with a Facebook account because I was the only college, one with a college email that you needed at the time. So right, yeah. everyone would be coming into my office and being like, promote this, promote that, write a post about this because they couldn't get on Facebook. And, <laughs> and I remember saying to them, I was like, just use your college email. And they were like, we don't have college email. <laughs> yeah, because that was... Um, you know, I, I do remember that that period yeah. of time, right? When you could only access it if you had an email and Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that was kind of right around the time when they just had started college emails too. So Yeah. And side note, one of my best friends from high school was Eduardo Saverin's roommate, and that that was a whole crazy thing. But like, yeah, my friends and I were there like right when Facebook was launching. And so, you know, I I was like so inundated with all this new technology and my accounts, I was the Midwest sales coordinator. And so in the Midwest, my accounts were Tower Records and Sam Goody and, you know, all of these bigger, you know, Virgin Megastore and they were all closing. And mm, yeah. 2006 and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do. How can I do my job? All my accounts are closing. And so um, it just really wasn't sales wasn't my thing. And I really appreciated that he trusted me to give me this opportunity. But I was too young. I didn't really have the backbone um, to, to really survive in that environment. And so I decided to leave. Uh, my roommate, college roommate and I at the time also wanted to start our own label. And we also didn't really prepare for what was to come. But I just thought, you know what? I'm going to go do my own thing. It just felt right. And so... Um, as you might have heard on my podcast, I quit that job five times. <laughs> took took me some time because every time I quit, they were like, "You'll never work in this industry again." Um, and so I'd be like, "Okay, I'll be back tomorrow." And <laughs> so it definitely took some time to to say, "No, this is definitely the right thing to do." And and really, I, I met Russell Simmons that year, which goes right back to that Def Jam behind the music that I saw so right. before. And I met him and I said, listen, I want to start my own company, but everyone keeps telling me I'm a young moron. You know, like, how do you know if you're too young? I was 21 at the time. And I said, how do you know if you're too young to start your own company? And he's like, you don't, you just start it and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And then you try something else. And then you get up the next day and you try something else. And I was like, okay, done. And then I went in the next day and quit my job for the final time. And uh, got real messy after that. Um, my college roommate, roommate and I had um, two companies in the span of about six years. Uh, we tried all different types of things. And the thing that we kept falling short on was this perfection paralysis. It was constantly and the scarcity mindset of we'll never make enough money and we have to price ourselves really low because nobody will pay top dollar for our services. And, and this blog post can't go out because it's not perfect. And we have to, you know, be perfect at everything. So nobody judges us and we don't, we can't have any critics because that would be bad. And so this has to be per, you know, it was just this, you know, operating from a place of fear and nothing ever got done. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us tend to go through that. I know I'm trying to get through that, uh, especially when it comes to content, right? 
you know, it takes, sometimes it'll take me forever to, to record a podcast, the solo cast, just because it's like, oh, that wasn't right. Okay, let me hit record, delete that, start again. And uh-huh. you just kind of have to let go, right? And and just, you know, I completely understand what you're you're talking about there because it, it just stops you and it holds you back. Absolutely. And I really had to learn, you know, we were both juggling multiple day jobs at the same time just to, you know, make ends meet because we weren't making any real money from our business. And, you know, we had happy clients, but they were also real happy because we barely charged them money. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we didn't know anything about, we knew the music industry, like the back of our hand, but we didn't know entrepreneurship. And I really learned, it took me a while to understand that those are two different things. And I kept saying, well, I know business. And it's like, yes, but business and entrepreneurship are very different. And we never really took the time to learn how to be entrepreneurs. And so we amicably split I and mean, we were still very good friends. Um, she went off and did her thing. And then I was a paralegal at the time and I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I went back to school for my master's in psych. And then when I finished that, then I was like, okay, I think I've got something here. Like the, everything I'm learning about mindset and about, you know, mood disorders and anxiety and depression and the DSM and all these different diagnoses. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this musicians tend to, and creatives in general, usually have some sort of affliction that you can find in the DSM. And there's, and, and it's such a vulnerable industry to be in. I was like, they, they need more support. And so I was like, how can I do this? And I, I first thought about monetizing therapy, you know, just marketing therapy out to them. I'm a trained counselor and therapist. And I said, you know, that's what I'll do. I'll just be like the go-to therapist. Maybe I'll go on tour with them and I'll, I'll be that. And it really five years ago was still a big stigma and nobody wanted to talk about that. And I had clients come up to me saying, listen, like, I want to hire you, but like, I don't, I don't want it known like that I'm seeing you for therapy. And, and I really, I don't know. I feel like I just drink before a show and it usually calms my nerves. And it's like, and, and they didn't really know how to work with me. So then finally I I hired a, a business coach and her and her wife both taught me how to be an entrepreneur and really how to market my services in a way that that my clients wanted them and how to, you know, build a funnel and how to attract clients in a way that felt good for them and um, in a way that they could trust and feel that I was helping them rather than me saying, no, this is what you need. Um, and right. so, yeah, after that, after hiring a coach within six months, I was full time. And that was five years ago. And, and here we are. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that, that's so true because, you know, I've been in, I've gone through business school. I went through undergrad and grad, both music industry programs that had business, you know, classes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't until I took an entrepreneurship class too in grad school, but it was more focused around, you know, what can you do with, you know, what kind of products can you create? What kind of tech, you know, it was very, you know, not, you wouldn't bringing my business that I have now to them. And they would have been like, Oh, that's not going to be viable. Right. 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 It's very focused around, you know, products. Um, and it wasn't until the same kind of thing. I started listening to, I was in business podcasts, entrepreneurship podcasts, really. And then ended up finding a business mentor and working with her. And, I remember sitting at her the, the first conference that I went to that she hosted, and I was like, "What are they talking about? Email funnels? I don't understand. <laughs> What's that? Because it's something that a lot of that is not really taught in school, yeah. right? And it's something that you 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 have to learn by at this point right now. I mean, going online and taking yeah. courses, finding a mentor, listening to all these podcasts, and really trying to understand all these different things. And you know, I mean, maybe within you know, a marketing program, I would have maybe heard a little bit more about it. But especially in this industry, you don't hear about that kind of stuff. So you really do need to, you know, get into find some kind of mentorship or, or entrepreneurship course. Totally. Um, so that kind of leads me to you talking about the your your new business and the products. So you have a couple different things. You have your services. Um and then you also host workshops, and you had mentioned to me that you are hosting um, a five-day virtual workshop series called Planchella, yeah. which I love that name. 
Um, and then that's at the end of December. So can you tell me a little bit more about this and kind of what it looks like and what you want attendees to take away from it? Absolutely. So there's a short backstory to that too. Um, I have to give all the credit to Jamie Jensen, um, a business coach and a good friend of mine that I hired over the summer. And she came up with that name. She's a screenwriter. So she's like super creative. And she came up with that name immediately. And I said, all the money I just paid you is worth that name. <laughs> that name. <laughs> Alone, we could stop the thing here. You know, the, this is, I've already got my money's worth. Um, so yes, I love that name. Um, what happened was... Uh, for the past three years, I've hosted a in-person summit called the Musicpreneur Mindset Summit, which then uh, the podcast came out of that. And I do it um, every year in September in New York. And my goal with that was to always decrease overwhelm and really allow people to leave with, with clear steps. Um, and this past September, we had so many amazing speakers and it was so great. And it went really well. It's just that we had so many great things to talk about and so many topics to focus on that there really wasn't any time to sit there and implement any of it. And, you know, musicians were saying like, oh, I'm like a little bit overwhelmed, but I feel really good about all this. And I was like, well, that breaks my heart. I mean, I'm glad you got a lot out of it, but I, I want you to be able to to not feel overwhelmed and I want you to sit down and really, you know, work this out. So then I thought, you know, I've got the 2020 Rockstar Life Planner. We, I've been doing the the planner every year since 2016. And I just thought, you know what, as we gear up for 2020, I really want to do something virtual so a lot more uh, people can attend and they don't have to travel and, and go anywhere. And we can all sit in our PJs or whatever we're comfortable wearing and or not wearing to each their own. <laughs> and we can really just sit and map out, you know, really make it more actionable because, you know, you know I'm all for conferences and I, I love, um, you know, getting together some really great industry leaders and, and listening to people talk and, and share their tips. I think that is so, so important. But I think it's also important to have the type of events where there's a lot less talking and a lot more doing. So it's a five-day virtual workshop. It's in a private Facebook group, and it's totally free. There'll be a month for everybody to catch the replays in case they need to go back or if they can't make it live. And I decided to host it the week between Christmas and New Year's Eve, uh, the 26th to the 31st, so that people can really dig in. A lot of the times, those are those times that people are off from work and have a little bit less to do. Um, but if, if they happen to be on vacation, they can always catch the replays. And each day is going to be about one to two hours where we focus on just like one aspect of goal setting and planning out your year. We're going to hit it, touch upon money mindset. We're going to hit upon um, your goals and who your audience is and really get clear on visualizing what you want for this year. We're going to talk about time management and time blocking. And so like each day is going to have its own little mini focus and there'll be a little bit of lecture, but it's mainly going to be workshopping. And then I'll be in the Facebook group all day for each of the five days, chiming in, keeping people accountable, saying, okay, who's got questions? Who's still working on stuff? Let's post what we've got so far, you know, really working on holding people accountable and being there for like full office hours. So if hiring a coach right now isn't really in your budget, you've got five days to ask me as a business coach, as a career coach and productivity person, anything you want, you know, for five days so we can really get you clear on what you want to do in 2020. And um, that's my whole goal for it. So that's how that whole thing got started. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really important because you'd mentioned, you know, going to a conference like you hosted the one and, and not having enough time to do that. And I found that too. I went to um, an entrepreneurship conference back in April. And I mean, while they did give some time during each of the presentations, it's not enough time, right? It's not, not enough time to think about really what you, you know, your goals are, or, you know, if it's a, a something on copy, really, you know, writing it out. And, you know, there's only so much you can do when you get back to the hotel and then you come home and it's back to your regular grind. So you really need that time to just really sit and work it out. And I love this because, and, and the accountability thing too, really holding everybody accountable to it. Um, and you can get things done and set everything out. So I, I'm really excited to, to see this. Um, 
How can my listeners find information on it and, and how to register for it if they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, it's totally free and um, we'll be, re- be releasing more details um, actually this week. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll be, uh, a bunch of people have already signed up. I'm super excited about that. I think we've got over 50 people so far and, um, and that was all like sight unseen. So they haven't even heard yet. <laughs> You're the first one to hear like what the full outcome is so far. Um, and so uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash planchella, so it's P-L-A-N-C-H-E-L-L-A. So it's like Coachella, but planchella. Um, and if you go there, you just put in your email um, and we'll be uh, emailing everybody on the list this week. Uh, more details to come. And if you sign up next week or the week after, you'll get, you'll still get the information. Um, So we'll be sending everybody details about what they can expect. And like I said, replays will be available all through the month of January. Um, And we'll be opening the Facebook group a week before. So December 16th about we'll be uh, opening the Facebook group. So people can get to know one another. We'll do some fun, like get to know you uh, things and that uh, Facebook group will stay private, and then at the end of January it'll get archived, so you can always go back to things. But like it will be, you know, it it ends and it will get reopened, you know, next year we do this again. So um, yeah, so that that's how they can bitly forward slash planchella is the okay. awesome, and I'll put that in the show notes. So everybody can uh, see that and sign up if they they are looking for some goal setting and time management tips. Um, so you had also mentioned your uh, Rockstar Life Planner, um, and I was looking at it a little bit uh, this afternoon, and it's got a whole bunch of different parts to it, correct? It's not just like a calendar. I saw you had financial sheets and for budgeting. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. What makes it different from you know a regular you know planner or productivity planner? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for allowing me to explain. So the planner came about my very good friend from college, another roommate, um, Alyssa B. Jackson. She's actually out in LA and um, she's a mechanical engineer from Drexel who worked for the Navy. And then one day was like, screw it. I'm going to LA. I want to be an actress comedian. And I, I just, I, I can't have more respect for another person in this world. She is such a badass, and we are just big planner nerds. And in 2016, we were both talking and we were, um, we always had these Skype dates and we both happened to go to Barnes and Nobles and we were Skyping afterwards and we're like, yeah, I thought I'd pick up my planner and we were going to have like a little planning session. And we just didn't find planners that were helpful to us because we were both kind of starting our journey as, as entrepreneurs. I had, um, you know, been in, I had been an entrepreneur at that point with this business for a little over a year and things were growing and I was taking, you know, really wanting to expand it. And she was out in LA and we just said, you know what, we need to like make our own. And I had been making all these templates for my clients. They would say, Hey, I need a, um, you know, a financial spreadsheet or, Hey, I need a checklist for packing when I go on tour or, Hey, can you make me, you know, whatever they wanted me to make, I always made for them. And I had accumulated like maybe 20 different templates of different spreadsheets and checklists that I made for my clients. And I showed her and I was like, yeah, you know, I think I, st- I think I'm just going to make myself my own planner and kind of ma- take these templates and kind of make them into like a workbook. And she said, Oh, like share that with me when you're done. Like I'd like to use it too. And I said, yeah, sure. And then she is a whiz at InDesign and she doesn't do anything half-assed. And when I sent her <laughs> kind of like my draft, she hit me back. She's also a narcolepsy. So she, <laughs> she was up like, sometimes like she'll fall asleep at the drop of a hat, but then other times she'll just be up for hours and hours and hours. And she hit me back like two days later with the most beautiful, you know, uh, clean, uh, template of like an actual book. And she's like, yeah, I took what you did. And I just like turned it into a book. Like, let me know what you think. And I was like, how did you do this? Like, <laughs> Why don't we sell it? Like we should sell this. And we spent a good six months really taking apart each piece and saying, okay, if I, you know, based on being a creative, how would I be using this? And we knew the exercise and everything we've got, we've got exercises in there for self-care, really figuring out how you can, because everybody's thing is going to be different. You know, the the way I self-care is going to be different than the way you self-care. Maybe you like bubble baths and I like going for a run. I'm kidding. I've never ran in my life. (laughs) As an example, like we didn't want to dictate like, oh, this is what you should do. 
We were like, how, what questions can we ask so that they can get their own answers? And then we did that and we mapped out every question that we thought was important for you to ask yourself. But then we were like, it's important what order these questions come in and how often these questions are repeated throughout the year to yourself. So then we spent months like really tweaking. If I'm using this, you know, as the user, what what questions would help me in which sequence the most? And so we spent a lot of time on that. And throughout the years, we got feedback. And and the biggest thing was, can you make it spiral bound? And last year, we finally found a printer that was able to do it with the amount of pages that we have. And um, it's been it's been really great. It's um, gotten great reviews. We're really excited about the feedback. Amazon uh, just asked for another shipment. Um, and it's only been available for a few weeks. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, it's just really kind of taken on a life of its own. We go from you know, explaining self-care and why it's important. Every section of the planner has its um, a, a little guide section in it so you can make the most of it. Um, there are uh, highlighted areas in the front and back um, that if you look at the side of the planner, you'll see like darkened edges. And so you can quickly get to those sections for, like you said, the financial spreadsheet to keep track of your revenue and expenses. Uh, each week there's a place to map out your social media because we knew that was definitely something that trips people up. Um, and in the social media area, what we added last year, um, and again this year, is we included hashtags like National Coffee Day or, Na- or Today's National Entrepreneur Day and things that you could get involved in and join a conversation in online so that you can up your engagement. So in each, anytime there's like a specific day in the calendar year that has maybe a, a big national hashtag or an international hashtag, we've included that as well. Um, we've got blank pages in the back for your lyrics and your journaling. Um, and then there's a whole digital aspect to it with an audio tutorial on time blocking, as well as downloads of all of those spreadsheets and checklists that I mentioned. And we, we continuously add to that page um, each year. So, uh, so you'll always have access to that library. That sounds amazing. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see it. Um, cause I know for me, I, I, you know, I go through different types of planners every year. I'm like, well, I, that one worked, but you know, not really. And, right. um, I especially love the, the social media and the hashtag portion to it because, you know, for it was, business owners and sometimes, you know, as musicians too, a lot of times we're not really thinking along the lines, okay, I got to post today or, you know, I got to plan this out. Okay. What day is it? What do I want to talk about? And I, I think that's really helpful to be, you know, give some kind of guidance on it too. Yeah. I mean, I really have to give Alyssa credit because we were sitting there like we struggle with social media and she said, you know, why don't we put it next to the weekly, like where you're planning your week? Because then we ask you, well, based on what your plans are this week, what out of those plans can you post about? You know, so we we help guide you figuring out what content you can share. So if you're writing in the planner and you say like, oh, I'm I'm going to see a show on Wednesday, and then you know I've I've I'm going like hiking on Friday, and then it says, well, what can you share on social media? Social media, you can say to yourself, oh yeah, I could take pictures on my hike. I could share that or I could tell people about the show that I'm going to and maybe promote that artist or that person that I'm going to go see. Um, and it just allows you to unlock things that we we tend to overthink and then we block ourselves from from the ideas that can help us. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know I'll have great ideas one week and the next, then I'll go two or three weeks without posting those things. I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to post, you know, post on social media or, you know, things get crazy. And that's kind of the last thing that you want to be thinking about what you're going to post. But it's helpful. I mean, to, to, especially, you know, as if you have a business, right. If you're, you have a music, you know, you're an entrepreneur as a music, you know, professional, Hmm. um, you need to be posting about your business and talking about it and sharing. It's different than a personal account, right? You really need to be marketing it. And and that's, that is a a section of marketing. So Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's really exciting. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Um, Um, one of the things that you mentioned too, um, you know, was self-care. You know, we talked about, you, you mentioned, you know, someone might like to take a bubble bath, some might like to run. And I think it's really important that we take care of our mental and physical wellness to, to be successful, um, whether you're a musician or a business owner or, you know, just a professional in a, in a 
in a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of goes along with your business too, focusing on mindset and organization. Um, so what do you do for you know, self-care and managing your own mindset and, and wellness while running your business? Yeah, that's a really great question because, um, you know, anybody who has been on my email list or followed me on social uh, might notice that these these last couple of months have been really trying. Um, and I actually did a webinar in October about, you know, um, when your plan goes to shit. Um, sorry, I don't know if, if we can curse. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because my plans all went to shit this year, uh, and yet I still found out that I was still reaching my goals. That my, my plan went haywire, but I still, because I was so focused on what I wanted, somehow I still got what I was going after. And uh, um, these last few months have been really stressful. I recently uh, purchased a tiny house and it actually just got delivered this weekend. And I sold my apartment that I had lived in for 11 years. And it was a huge transition. My, my dog had gotten really sick um, due to all the changes and she's a little old and um it, it was a lot to handle uh, on my own. Plus I had the summit that I was running and I just brought on my assistant um, more full time. And I, there were so many life changes happening at once that I, I really got overwhelmed. So my, my self-care routine has definitely been amped up over the last couple months so that I can um, do this because I also have Lyme disease and, you know, especially during this time of year, it tends to rear its ugly head again. And I, can sometimes spend majority of the day in bed and there's just a limit to how much energy I, I have. So I really have to watch what I eat, um, how I how much computer time I give myself. So for me, even when everything was going haywire and my routine was kind of out the window, the thing that has saved me the most, and I can't stress this enough, is gratitude lists. Um, I really make sure that even if I'm not writing it down, I'll, I'll sit for a minute and shut everything off and just meditate on it. Like just sit there and like stare at a wall even and just say out loud or say in my head, you know, here's what I'm so grateful for. Like, yeah, okay, plans didn't work out, but I'm so grateful I still have my dog. I'm so grateful that I've got this beautiful new home to live in. I'm so grateful that I sold my apartment because it could still be on the market. You know, you don't know the the, the market these days. So, you know, I, I'd sit there and just list as many things as I could in, in the matter of a few minutes, everything that I was grateful for, because all of a sudden I'd feel my whole body relax and I'd feel the weight kind of lift off because it lets you know there's a lot of other good things going on. Some We get so focused on complaining And while it's important to vent and it's important to acknowledge when things aren't working out, it's also important to make space for the really good things um, because we don't want to get things get out of proportion with how, how sucky things are in the moment. Um, So gratitude lists have been my saving grace daily. Um, Hot showers, because I also get very tense physically when I'm going through stress So hot showers is a must, even if it's only for like a quick few minutes, Um, just to breathe a little bit slower, um, counting my breaths. Uh, I I consider myself bad at meditation because I I can never quiet my brain. So counting my breaths uh, really helps me. Um, And the newest thing that I've really tried to implement daily is tapping. And some people know it as EFT therapy. Um, And it's Basically, I, there's a great free app that I always recommend. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but um, the Tapping Solution. They also have a YouTube channel, and it's literally tapping key points of your body um, as you you do one cycle of it where you you say all the negative things that are bothering you and all the things you're anxious about and all the things that don't feel good, and then you do the tapping again with positive affirmations, and it literally helps rewire your brain so it's perfect for working on your money mindset if you think i'm never going to make money from this or i'll never have enough money or money doesn't come easily to me that's a great way to if you tap through it to rewire literally rewire your your brain waves to uh think more positively and more calmly about money it's great for anxiety it's great for um, feeling like when you when I feel lazy and I don't feel like being productive, it helps motivate me. They've got great tapping um, episodes for being more productive um, and just being kinder to yourself and not pushing yourself so hard. 
uh, tapping uh, again has also been my saving grace. So those are my main go-tos. You've heard um, about tapping before. I'm actually just looking at the app now. Um, but I didn't, you know, I thought you always had to go to somebody, but this is, I'm going to actually download this myself and uh, and try that. Yeah. And my, my therapist has been telling me for years about it and I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> great. And he's, he's done it with me a few times and it always makes me feel better. But then I never really sat to do it by myself because you have to kind of say things out loud. And as you said before, we overthink things and I'd be like, I'm going to say the wrong thing, or I'm not going to say it in the right way. And that's foolish because there is no right way to do this. But what I like about the app is that they guide you with their own script. And so I like the guidance. And as soon as I saw the app came out, I was hooked. I was like, okay, somebody can be here every day with me. Even my therapist came. <laughs> yeah. so I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it looks awesome. I'm definitely going to try that um, tonight. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, because I've heard people have breakthroughs with it. And I was like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't have time to go find somebody. But yeah, if you can have it in your back pocket and, you know, go sit in a room somewhere, yeah, and just do it. That's awesome. Right. Um, Yeah. So kind of tracking back a little bit into the music industry, um, the focus of this podcast is really to highlight uh, women and their stories and how they got to where they are. but we also talk kind of a little bit about um, the resistance that we face. And I know you'd mentioned, you know, in your sales job, you know, sales wasn't really for you. Um, have you met any like other kind of resistance as a woman in the industry? Um, or have you, you know, been lucky as some are to have just full support from from people that they work with? Oh, man, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I have to say, you know, I... I'm so happy that you are are doing this and you have this podcast and this platform to highlight these stories. And I'm so appreciative to be one of them because um, it's really important to shine a light uh, on on females in this industry. So I just want to thank you for the work you do. Um, and and I think it's yeah. Um, well, in in college you know, there were only 40 of us and we were all like a little family and it was great and it was supportive. And, and I loved going to Atlantic records and I was the intern and everything was so, you know, new and exciting and it was great. And, you know, I'll leave names out of it, but I, I specifically remember going to a, um, a listening party for a very big artist. And I was so nervous and I couldn't believe they let me come. And all the women in the office were like, I was 18 and they were, I always came kind of frumpy and like tried to just blend into the background. And they said, you know, this is a fancy party. So like, make sure, you know, you, you, you know, rev up and, and, and dress for the occasion. Don't be afraid to get fancy. And so my mom and I went to the mall and I was stressed about it like all week long. And we found like what we thought was like the cutest little outfit. I was trying to, I had all the teen magazines open, like what's on trend and you know, what do I wear to these things? And I went and all the women in the office were like, Oh, you look so cute. This is great. We're so happy. You like, you came out and you're, you're celebrating with us. And I met a very big executive uh, from the company and somebody that I had idolized for a long time. And they, they shook my hand and they gave me a hug and then they gave me a full look up and down. And I felt naked. Like I just felt so vulnerable and so uncomfortable. Everybody saw it and everybody else felt uncomfortable. And it was like, oh, okay. And it was a quick moment and everyone moved on. And one of the uh, male uh, executives that I had worked with turned to me and said, I can't believe you wore that. That was so embarrassing. And it was not revealing and it was nothing crazy. And I just went home and bawled my eyes out and I was so humiliated. And I remember just thinking like, what was that? And I had beaten myself up for like for months and months and months. And, and then later on, as I got older and I went through, and then my, my college roommate and I decided to do our own business we were two young girls running a hip hop label and we knew we were going to have some uphill battles, but we always wore these power suits and, you know, blazers and black pants. And, you know, we always tried to be the utmost professional and we would set up meetings with other account executives and try to get sponsorships and other deals going. And the emails would be going great. 
And then we would meet them in person. I remember one time we had a, a whole, sorry for the dogs in the back. It's okay. <laughs> um, we had a whole one hour meeting with these two executives. I don't even remember like why we were meeting with them. But at the end they said, okay, have your bosses call us and we'll be in touch. And we were like, oh, wow. we, what, what did, we are the bosses. <laughs> right. Like, did you not gather from the email? Like it's, this is us. That's all there is. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll call you. And they had gone from being super impressed with the presentation to all of a sudden it was, no, we're good. And we were like, oh, okay. And so we started to smarten up in our mid twenties. Like, oh, I see how it is. Like, yep. We got to be twice as professional. We have to, you know, really hold our ground. And, and if people are going to be like that, we don't work with them. And one of the, the final times that I really took it from anyone was I had tried to start the Rockstar Advocate before it was the Rockstar Advocate and um, uh, networking with people, trying to take meetings. And this one lawyer approached me and he said, oh, what you're doing is really interesting. Why don't we meet for lunch? And we met for lunch and I came, I spent all night making this huge presentation. And he said to me, listen, uh, this is cute and all, but you don't, he didn't even look at it, first of all. And he said, there's no way at this stage in the game, I was like 26, maybe. He said, you, you don't know what you're doing. Come work for me. I saw you were a paralegal. Come work for me and I'll coach you myself. And when I feel that you're ready to have your own business, I'll let you know. And then I'll, I'll set you free. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at him like, wait, what? What? And I said, okay, thank you for your time. And I left. And I called this friend of mine who I had been on my radar for a number of years. And I said, hey, do you still have that coaching uh, package available? And it was very expensive. And uh, she said, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, great, put me down. I said, I'll get you a check tomorrow. And I never looked back. And that was, you know, I, I was so happy that I decided to do that because I was like, nobody's going to tell me I'm not ready. And, and it was so uh, refreshing to work with female coaches who, you know, supported me and have been a sisterhood to me. Um, and, and I, listen, I have many, many male colleagues in this industry who are incredibly supportive. Lou Playa, I always tell him he's my fairy godfather. He has <laughs> tremendously helped me grow my, my speaking engagement uh, gigs. And, and Jason Spiewak of Mo Noble Steed Music, always a top, top cheerleader of mine, and so many others. And they, they definitely exist. But your sisterhood in these industries is so important because um, we just unfortunately experience things that guys never will. And we got to stay together and know that we bring value to this industry. Right. Yeah. I I'm still blown away by what you said to you. You, those are great stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is so important to just to find the supporters too, like you mentioned, to have these people you know, and, and I think I've been lucky too. you know, I have uh, managers at my, my full-time job who have been super supportive of everything I'm doing outside of work. Yeah. Um, and they're all, you know, male and they actually got me um, to apply for, um, I work in the music products industry. And so they had me apply for this smart women in music scholarship for our annual trade show. Okay. Um, so just, just having those people who, you know, they understand yeah, you know what we go through and really support us because you're going to have those people who, you know, don't want to take you seriously. Um, right. Who, you know, even if you're dressed very appropriately, will still, you know, look at you inappropriately. Right. Um, and we just have to, I guess, not really brush it off, but just, I think it was. Jen Sincero, um, have you read her books? Love, you are, you are badass books. In in one of them, she mentions um, it's something something like what other people think about you is none of your business. Yes, something something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I always bring myself back to that. You know, I it's okay that you're entitled to your thoughts. Fine, whatever. I'm going to move on and, and find somebody who really cares. Yeah. Um, so it's really kind of thinking in that light and finding the people who, you know, 
who who really you know resonate with you and and, and you resonate with them and just connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, yeah. Um, so, kind of wrapping up a little bit here. Um, what are you looking forward to in the future? And and kind of what do you have any future goals? I know we talked about Planchella's coming up, and you've got your twenty twenty um, planner coming out. Um, do you have any? You know, are you working on anything new? I don't know if if you don't want to yeah. say, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But. Um, Totally. You know, I guess one, five years, um, you know, what, what does your future kind of look like? Yeah, great question. So this year, I, I'm so excited. Uh, Jennifer O'Hagan, I have to give her a shout out. She's my assistant. And um, she I brought her on last year. And she really, she got herself hired. She approached me. And uh, she really is such a go-getter and, and such a great support system. So I recently brought her on um, a bit more full time now, and I'm so excited for us to start this new year as a as a team and expanding the team. And um, so that that's number one. And uh, number two, really a lot of collaborations. Um, I you know speaking of uh, fellow females in the industry, I'm such a fan of Ariel Hyatt, and I'm so lucky that um, in December of 2017, I literally accosted her at a Women in Music Christmas party. (laughs) And I said, oh my goodness, we have to meet for coffee one day. I've been wanting to meet you so badly. And then I realized I was shaking her um, because I had my (laughs) hands open for arms and I was like, and she's so tiny. And I was like, we have to meet for coffee. And then I was like, I should probably stop shaking you so you can, um, (laughs) please don't give up on me. And uh, and she's been such a wonderful collaborator and colleague. And so we've definitely got more things coming down the pike. Uh, Cyber PR is her business and she's incredible. Um, and just wonderful collaborations like that I'm really looking forward to. And this year I've, I've started to um, really look towards the labels and the agencies. When I first started this business, I was looking to kind of be like an in-house life coach therapist that can go on the road with touring musicians and, and really help them. And then I, I ended up going the independent route, which I really love. Um, but in order to supplement that so I can offer my services at a more affordable price, um, I started doing workshops at labels and other industries to help the employees that are there. And it really was so full circle for me because I have been the burnt out employee uh, that's worked for the bigger labels because there's so much pressure and there's so much to do. And there's there's not a whole lot of resources out there to, you know, you're supposed to always be thankful for your job and thankful for the opportunity and don't make waves and don't ask for raises. And, you know, in the meantime, you still got bills to pay and families to support and there's so much pressure. So I've started to implement these workshop series at different labels and agencies to to help support the employees who support the artists. Um, and so that's definitely going to be um, something that I do more of in 2020, um, along with the Rockstar Life Planner, doing more time management and and self-care workshops uh, in person at different offices around the country um, and at universities. I've been going around to the different schools. In fact, this Saturday, I'm talking at Lebanon Valley College in Pennsylvania. I've talked about That's my uh, alma mater, actually. Bob, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I did my undergrad. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I was, I'm so um, happy to have been invited. And um, they have such a great program there. So I'm going to go Saturday for their conference. And just speaking at different colleges, I really love focusing on the freshmen and the seniors to kind of help them through these transition periods. Um, because that's something I love Drexel. But if I had to say one thing that was missing for me was a reality check about what was about to happen when I left. Um, so I love doing those types of talks. So 2020 is definitely going to be filled with more of those things. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, you'll have to tell, uh, Jeff Snyder that I said, hi, (laughs) he was my professor. So, and he organizes it. So I was actually at it last year. I I spoke last year. So, um, on a publishing and entrepreneurship panel. So that's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's so important. You know, I know, you know, my, my full-time job, they do, you know, we, they offer yoga classes. Um, and you know, I've got very supportive people who, you know, they really believe in like work, work life balance or, you know, work life, 
that's not really the term anymore. I think it's uh, <laughs> just, you know, but just really, you know, taking time outside of work to not work. Sure. Um, so, I, but I think, you know, a lot of companies too, it's just, it's that hustle, it's that rush, it's that just getting, getting it done. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And I think it's really important, you know, yeah, we're not musicians and we're not on the road, but it's still important for us to really stop and, and take a step back and take care of ourselves. So that's awesome that you're going to all these, looking at all these companies to go to and talk about that. Yeah. And it's really great how receptive a lot of them have been, uh, where a couple of years ago that, that really wasn't the thing. So like I said, you know, uh, thanks to people like Ariana Huffington and, and Amy Porterfield and Marie Forleo and so many amazing women and, and, and males, um, so many amazing uh, people that are coming out and speaking about this stuff. Um, and podcast hosts like yourself, you know, people that are getting the conversation, keeping it going, it all amplifies the message. And I'm so glad that, that these messages are getting out there. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be exciting for you. So that's awesome. I'll, I'll follow you along on your journey as you, you do that. Um, yeah, so uh, what do you have any resources um, that you'd recommend for other women who want to enter the music industry? So I mean, books, podcasts, courses, is there anything... Well, um, that you in particular would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's funny. I, I was just talking to Ari Herstand about, you know, the differences in, in certain books. If, if you're going into more of the label and, um, uh, Jesus, <laughs> um, if you're going into more of the label and, and business aspects of it, I definitely recommend Donald Passman's book. Um, everything you need to know about the music industry but if you're an artist looking to build a career and go more that route, um, Ari Herstand's book, How to Make It in the New Music Business, is fantastic. And his second edition just came out. So I can't recommend that enough. Um, so, we, you know, we have been talking about how those books are both great, but they both serve very different purposes. And while Donald's handles all of the legalities and everything about the business end, um, Ari's focus is more on, well, if you're the creative and you have all the stuff to manage, what do you need to know to do on your own before a label or, you know, any of that stuff even enters the picture? So right. definitely recommend both those books, depending on, on your focus. Um, and, and I really have learned so much from, from the music business, uh, from books outside of the music business. Um, so rework is a really quick read. It changed my entire mindset around what it means to hustle and grind. Um, rework has this great quote in it. It says, uh, the workaholic is not the hero. Uh, the the real hero is um, at home putting her feet up because she found a faster way to get things done. Um, and that really, as a born and raised New Yorker, and and I know you're a fellow East Coaster, New York, New Jersey, you you get this, that. Uh, it, it's always this go 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 go. Mm -hmm. And I wore it like a badge of honor, and that was the first book I read that made me go, huh? Maybe I shouldn't be bragging about this. <laughs> Maybe the person at home has to figure it out. Okay. Um, so that's a great book. And then Ariana Huffington's The Sleep Revolution is so great about self-care, but also having that passion to reach your goals and 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 build your business. Um, and, and the last one I um, uh, want to recommend is Derek Siever, the founder of CD Baby. He is fantastic. And he has a book called um, Everything You Want. I think it's called, it's really short. You can find it on his website, um, DerekSievers.org. Um, and he, it's a really great quick read um, and gives a lot of great points about what it really means to make it in this industry and how you can build your audience. Definitely look into those. Those sound awesome. Um, I've read Donald Passman's book. I have, I think, two two of the editions of it. Mm -hmm. um, one from undergrad and one from grad. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I haven't heard of, I mean, I've heard of uh, Ari's book, um, but uh, I'm interested in reading the one from Ariana Huffington. Well, um, so good. Cause, yeah. I mean, I definitely need more sleep. So <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. I'll definitely check these out and link to them so everybody can check them out too. Um, so just wrapping up here, uh, one last question. Where can my listeners find and connect with you, your podcast, and all your products and services. Yeah. So Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm rockstar advo, Facebook, the rockstar advocate. Um, 
My email is suz, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com. And then everything else, podcast, book, all of the things. Uh, I've got a free quiz on there uh, to see what your next steps are. All of that is on my website, therockstaradvocate.com. Awesome. I will link to those so everybody can find you. And thank you so much for coming on today, for talking about mindset, time management, organization, everything that I absolutely love. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for letting me share my story. I really appreciate the opportunity and I love your podcast. I look forward to listening to future episodes. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.